fatigue and off the opus. Kept it underground to focus. I feel afterlife. Six under oath. Don't want no hocus pocus. Niggas trying to go pop. I draw contact with my face mask. Nothing but nothing but that. Is you Roger or Novak? What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Downer Break. This is episode number 20. Yes, we've hit 20. I'm here with the Philadelphian fiend, Dean Zeldich. How we doing? Number 20, baby. Here we go. It's exciting. I mean, look, if you're someone who's listened since episode one, you deserve a t-shirt. The merch is coming. Along with the $5 refund? That's not coming. Just a t-shirt. Okay. Hopefully USPS doesn't F it up this time. Yeah. I mean, sorry for the issues there. Anyway, I am back from Miami. It was an awesome experience. We'll get to that soon. Quick knee update from me. I have an MRI tomorrow. By the time the listeners hear this, I may or may not have a torn ACL. I'm optimistic right here. I've, we've been talking about this every day. Daniel's been crying. I've been like comforting him. Then he cries a little more. Then I not supposed him a to tell him this. You're not supposed to tell them this. But we're, we're getting through it. We're getting through it. We're optimistic for tomorrow. We're optimistic. So should we get right into it? I mean, this is the sunshine double. We're right in the thick of the second half of Miami. And um, I've been watching a ton. And you so said you I. have too, right? Uh, yeah, I've been watching more tennis than I can afford. Well, you're illegally streaming, so you're not paying for anything. That's not true. I have I have tennis channel. Oh, you're watching on tennis channel. Yeah, what do you think I am, a gypsy? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I've been illegally streaming from the workplace. Haven't got caught yet. I had a Spanish lesson this morning, and my profe was asking me, how do I watch? So I sent him some pirate streams. It's good. He was looking for ways to do it, and I sent him some links. <laughs> sent some... Did you tell him that he's going to get some extremely inappropriate pop-ups? I told him, please make sure that you have an antivirus. Yeah, and that, that there aren't small children around the screen because... We know what those pop-ups look like. Uh, yeah, sometimes they, it ain't pretty. It ain't pretty. Um, let's actually first get back to Indian Wells, because last time I think we left off halfway there. We have the champions, Carlos Alcaraz and Elena Rybakina. Good call for me on Rybakina, isn't it? Seriously, that was the first thing you said when we talked about it. You were talking about how she was playing really well on slow courts, and then she goes up and destroys Iga and takes the t- takes the title. I'm a big fan of her. I think that she always has a smile on her face when she's playing. I'm a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. Kind Me of too. like nonchalant. Her coach talks to her every single point, which is kind of strange, but she seems to be ignoring it for the most part. <laughs> she's just like, she's just a boss, you know? She had the most nonchalant celebration when she won Wimbledon. Right. She's currently number seven in the world with... Had she gotten points for Wimbledon, she would have been number three. But, you know, there's a lot of points on the line here with the Sunshine Double. So she, she would be making significant strides if she wins this tournament, too. And she, I think, as things stand now, she's the favorite for me. Yeah, she's definitely proving to be a top five player. The consistency is there. As you said, if it weren't for the points, she'd be top five already. But, I mean, it feels right now like it's her, Sabalenka, Iga. Those maybe are the, Pagula. Maybe, maybe Pagula. Pagula, but not really. Not really. No, those three feel like the top of the, the women's game right now. And then Anz Jabura, I don't really know what's going on with her. I mean, she's not, she's like losing to like unseated players. Like it, it's ridiculous. She's like not getting past the second. She can't string two wins together. 
Her and Casper Root need to like go make out and figure it out. Yeah, they need to go to a couple's retreat. Is it just a? It's just a dud. It's a slump. I mean, so I, th- I think that's crazy. Like for for people who will go and just watch, say even just the qualifiers, or even you go watch just like you know challenger matches. The way the level at which these players hit is pretty remarkable. You know, even if you are outside of the top hundred in the world, you know you're an amazing player. And so I think what happens is when these top seeded guys or girls lose confidence and just start really not feeling their game at all, it's pretty easy to lose matches because you're playing against amazing players, mm-hmm. right? So even though you are, I mean, the margins are slim, pretty slim. Even when, when Federer was having his complete dominant, completely dominant years, he was winning, what, 52, 53% of the points? That's still a lot of points that he's losing. Right. And he's still winning all the matches. So, I don't know where you're getting these numbers, but I'm just going to trust you on this. No, it's a fact. I'm not capping. <laughs> okay. So what I'm saying is the margins are slim. So if you just – if you're not feeling it, if you're not serving well, you're double faulting, a lot of unforced errors, it's pretty easy to be losing first round. Yeah, I mean, hopefully these guys get out of the slumps, especially Casper. Like, he's in shambles right now. Casper is really not doing well at all. I was watching his match against uh, Van de something something. Van de Zanschelp. I mean, I, I just like did not think that he could lose that match. It, it just seemed like he was up a break in the third. And even just like I was watching the first set, watching number the second, then I went to sleep, and I, I I just did not think there was any chance that he would lose it. He, just like the points, it seemed like he was in complete control of the match, and there was no reason why he wouldn't be. He's a much, much better player. I mean, objectively mm-hmm. speaking. I agree. And he's just like, something is not is not going well. I mean, you'll see it like in his, usually he's very cool, composed, collected on the court. And you see him losing his temper a little bit, which is very uncharacteristic. And, you know, clearly indicating that there's something deeper going on, that he's not feeling it. I hope yeah, that he can figure it out, especially going into the clay season. He's had um, a terrible, terrible start of the year. Oh, horrendous, horrendous. Do you think right now is the time that you and I should play him because maybe we can beat him? In singles or doubles? Singles. Well, my knee is not in good shape, but I think you could beat him. I mean, if you, if you like, hooked a lot. Look, you can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! That ball was on the line. Chalk flew up. <laughs> You'd have to hook a lot, but I think you could take him. Like, he hasn't... He, Australian Open, he loses to Brooksby. Acapulco, he loses to Taro Daniel. Indian Wells, he loses to Green. Miami, he loses to Van de Zanschelp. Like, that's not a good 2023. I hope the he, boy gets back because I like the guy. It's just bad when you look at the stats and, you know, he's less than 500. Like, he, yeah. he's just not, he's win, losing more than he's winning. It's not good for somebody who's in top five in the world. Let's get to the men quickly in Indian Wells. We had a nice time watching the final at 730 Tavern. No beers for me. Why were there no beers for you, Daniel? Um, I think I felt bad about the several days before that glugging in New York. You were City. focusing on yourself. You were I was focusing, focusing on myself. Yeah, that's exactly what I should have said, and is the truth. But I will say, it was nice to like sit down and watch a match with you. When was the last time we did that? Especially because we had some money on the line, and I won. We had big, big money, ten bucks on the line. But actually, can you remember the last time we sat down and watched a pro match? Either live I, or I remember on TV. we watched a bunch in like a Longwood we'd watch when like, like Wimbledon, Wimbledon is on the French, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but not not much. No, it's not nice. really good. 
It was nice. I, I don't know. I thought Medvedev was rolling. I know he's complaining about the slow courts and kind of being a baby about that, but I thought he could take out Alcaraz, but it was just straight domination. I don't even know how anybody can beat Alcaraz right now besides Novak. It just, it just, even though he makes mistakes and he does make mistakes, he does. Aggression and the firepower are just relentless. It's I unmatched. Mean, it feels unmatched. He's just physical from every single, like from everywhere on the court, everywhere. Even even when he hits, like, a, you know, his second serve is not amazing. It's kind of a kicker. He does get attacked on it. But even when that return lands, like, you know, he plays center. Center goes hard on the second serve return. Right. A ball will land right by the baseline. Alcaraz is still able to set his feet up and spin it right back deep. And then, yeah, you know, the one restarts. So he's even even against Sinner, one of the better returners on the on tour, he's still winning more than 50% of his second serve points. That's that's incredible. I mean, where can this guy improve? Serve? A serve is the only thing I can think of. Yeah. I mean, I mean he, he could still be growing. He's 19. He's still growing. He's growing. He's getting bigger, that's for sure. He's yeah, he is. His slice is not great. Right. His backhand slice. But he does have great touch. You know, his drop shots are pretty nasty. Of course. I mean, and his volley game is is really incredible. Yeah. No, it's scary. It is scary. I would want to see him play some dubs, actually. I would wonder what would happen. Yeah, that's a good point. He hasn't done any of the... I don't think he's done any dubs in his career. When are are the next Olympics? What year is that? I think it's 2024 because the 2020 Olympics were postponed until whenever... And now they're probably going to stand on that track. Wouldn't it be incredible if Alcaraz played doubles with Rafa? That would be, wow. That would be insane. There's no way it happens, though. Well, I mean, I think Rafa would do it. I don't know if Rafa's going to, his career is going to last until summer 2024. He's got another he, year and a half. I can see him coming back for this. I mean, him playing with Carlos, like, that would clearly be they have a lot of respect for each other. That would be insane. Yeah, it, it is possible. I'd like to see that. I would pay a lot of money to watch that. I just thought, you know, uh, Tiafo was someone that we should recognize for a great performance in Indian Wells, ultimately losing to Medvedev. Tight, who, tight match. Very tight. Very match. tight match. Yeah, he saved six or oh, seven match points before ultimately losing. But Tiafo was like I thought was in a great position to make a serious dent in Miami as well. Didn't didn't end up happening that way, but you know, great run for him, Indian Wells. And if you ask me who the best American tennis player is right now, I'm going with Foe over Fritz over Tommy Paul. Really? That's me. I like that take a lot. Ah, it's so tough. I think I'm still going with. That's a good. That's actually a really good question. How do we rank these three? Give me your top three right now. I would go Francis, Tommy Paul, Fritz. Honestly, I think um, Fritz, Tommy Paul, Tiafo. I think I think Tommy Paul's consistency is what puts him at two. But like, I can't. I mean, Fritz won Indian Wells last year, and he he's he's established himself the most. I think Tiafo is still showing some inconsistency, and Tommy Paul has been consistent. That's my top three on their best days. Yeah, if you take all three of them in the best days, Fritz is probably the best player. But on average, I think Tommy Paul is probably the most consistent. Mm-hmm. I'm with that. I think still Tiafo has the most potential, and I I don't know. I I, I stick yeah, with my I, picks. Yeah, that's valid. That's valid. I don't know if Tommy Paul has much more growth in him. I think he's already kind of maxing out. 
Uh, I hope he develop. He just needs to keep developing some weapons. I mean, he does have a big forehand, and his serve is pretty vicious, especially that second serve. But but the backhand is still vulnerable, very vulnerable. He's a good defensive player. Like he's great passing shots and defense to offense, but he needs some yeah. more firepower. Yeah, like his girlfriend. His girlfriend has the firepower, but he needs to translate that on the court. Let's move on to Miami. Let's get to Miami. First, I mean, I might as well start off by talking about my experience there. I had an absolute blast. It was the second Masters 1000 I've been to. I have been to the Rogers Cup in Toronto. This was obviously a completely different experience. Last time I was with my dad and brother and I was like, in high school this time i was with my college teammates and we we're absolutely glugging and waters 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 just waters um i hope you guys like the ig content that was a lot of fun for me the q a was fun i liked it uh, but no the tournament was really cool it kind of had a little bit of a u.s open vibe just because you have that huge stadium mm-hmm. right in the middle the hard rock stadium and then you know some some smaller locations outside of that i think for spectators it was really great like if you if you wanted to get good seats at the grandstand or court one you could without too much problem the stadium court you know we were on the baseline we were like kind of high up but it, it didn't matter the sun was hot during the day i will say that i got a little bit burnt i hope the viewers can't see that i had a great time and we went to one night session one day session and i would say that was perfect like maybe I would go to night session twice instead because the energy at night was just so much fun. But I would go again. Thanks for the invite. We'll go again next year. I literally did invite you. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. I wish but, I could go. No, the night session was sick. I mean, we saw some good names. We got to see the Hercotch Kokonakis match, which was, uh, I think, like a record length and really fun. That's when we were on TV, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. We saw Zverev lay an absolute egg against Taro Daniel. <laughs> Dude, have you have you noticed how enormous Daniel's legs are? I have not. I mean, he he walks. It's like a transformer walk. He gets it's it like, from me. It's like robotic. It me. I mean, it's it's insane how like people look up his quads. They're absolutely enormous. Who did he actually? Who did he end up losing to? He lost to Rusevori next Rusevori, round. Rusevori, yeah, yeah. I think that just goes to show that Zverev was just. So bad. I mean, we were watching that match, just looking at each other like, what is this? He's terrible. I mean, didn't he lose the first set 6-0? He lost 6-0. A top 5-10 player should not be losing a set to Taro Daniel 6-0. We should appreciate how hard it is to come back from injury. I mean, you watch him, you watch Steam, you watch Vavrenka, yeah. you watch Murray. It takes years, if at all, to come back to, you know, even close to your form. And then, so when we see Rafa and Novak, coming back after not playing for a while and still yeah. beasting that just like talks about how great these people are Berrettini too he struggled since injury yeah and well i think he's mostly i think he just misses alia <laughs> yeah we all do i miss her where's she at uh she didn't play in miami she's still hurt i was what's... planning on seeing her but she did not see me that was she's your plan there. of, of, of... Wooing yeah. her and make her fall in love with you. My plan was to see her at the tournament and take her out to 11, the club, to see Diplo. But that didn't happen. I don't know. I, I did see, actually, it was funny. We saw David Nalbandian exiting the tournament. And and Scott 
previous guest in the show was like, yo, I need a photo with David Nabandian. And he was talking to, I think, his wife. And we're like, Scott, it's time to go home. He's like, no, I'm not leaving until I get this photo with Nabandian. I'm like, Scott, we're leaving. And he finally left. But um, that was the closest I got to fame. <laughs> but um, no, it was a great tournament overall. Miami is is a weird place. It's very showy. It's very glitzy. Mm-hmm. South Beach is is grimy. Uh, it's not where it's at. It doesn't seem like where it's at. Brickle was pretty cool. I recommend Brickle. But yeah, I would say three nights. Three nights was a was a great was a great length to be there. But Did Masters you see Bus at Brickle. I didn't see Titi Bus at Brickle, even though he said we'll talk about that later. Actually, I think it's really funny. I think that Masters 1000s are like the move. Like it might even be a better experience than going to a major. I've never, a been, to a I've never been to a thousand. I've never been to a thousand. You've been I've to a major, been to you've 500. been to 500. Yeah. yeah. But I think, you know, along those lines of some of the great matches that you saw, I think Hercats and Kokonakis with an absolute, you know, stunner of a match. Kokonakis once again having six match points, once again blowing it. Pretty hilarious tweet later on. It wasn't saying, six, was it? Six. <laughs> Once again, I don't know if you guys, you guys saw, but he just retweeted his, his own tweet, tweet. Yeah, saying retweet, which uh, the original tweet was this fucking game, man. Yeah, or this fucking sport, man. It's brutal. It's brutal, and he's he's taken some very difficult L's, but he's playing well. Playing really well. He's hitting the ball so big. Herkoch is was really incredible to see live. Like he doesn't look like an athlete out there, but then like you see him hit these sliding backhand winners, and you're like, his his defense is pretty incredible. Yeah, it was really he, cool to see him. He's one guy that I would not want to play in the earlier rounds. You know, if like we we're talking about today, say like Rafa comes back for the French and he's not really ranked as high anymore because his ranking plummeted. Um. You know, Hercats is somebody he doesn't want to meet in, like, you know, the round of 16, for example. It's not a good match. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. tough it's a tough hurdle to jump over. Although he just got upset by Manorino. But, yeah, a lot of upsets in this one. I mean, you've got Felix out. You've got Tiafo out. Susana go. You've got Rude out, as we talked about. Nori lost first round. Coco Goff is out. Pass losing. He's injured, but still. Like you know, the big the big boys are still there. Medvedev, Alcaraz, but and center and center and center, but a lot of upsets in Miami. So you know, Titipas is not looking like himself out there. He's just not really playing his tennis. And and going into this in the press conference, he was like, "Yeah, I don't really think I can like do much damage on these tournaments, but have to play it." You know, I think there's a lot of points for him to lose and, and potentially some sponsorship money. And, and you know, when, when I think when they sign their deals, they're committing to a certain amount of 1,000, a certain amount of tournaments they play. So I think he's playing through some pain. But hopefully he can be healthier for the clay court season because otherwise it's just like a three-man show and we need more people. Yeah, and clay is his best surface. He, I yeah, have he, no love he, for him, but he adds a lot of excitement. Yeah, I'm with that. I have very little love for him, but he's a he's nasty on the clay. He said some very strange things about Miami. He said, I've developed a better relationship with Miami. The last couple of years, I didn't know what you're supposed to do here. But I definitely started to be keener and more open to the idea of making Miami one of my biggest friends. 
Then he talks about, <laughs> I do enjoy gastronomy and culinary experiences. So Brickell is a perfect place for that. I was in Brickell. I did not see him at the rooftop bar on Saturday night. But I don't know if he's saying, like, he goes to Miami. What do you, what do you mean you don't know when you do there? Drink all day, play all night, let's get it popping. Like, you go to the beach. You go hang out with all the babes on the beach. Bro, just Google it. Yeah, just Google it. He's so weird. And he makes all these strange tweets. And it's it's strange, though. He thinks he's like a philosopher. He ain't. He ain't. He definitely ain't. And he's losing. So to me, he's irrelevant right now. Um, what about Andrescu? What about her injury? It's pretty brutal. Yeah, I mean, this morning, I saw the video of it. It's it's like this Zverev injury. She was chasing a ball that was a let court. And her her ankle just gave out, and next thing you know, she's just crying, screaming on the court. This is the most pain I've ever been in. They had to bring out the wheelchair. So, you know, prayers up for her MRI, just like mine. Mm-hmm. But it's not looking good, and she's already coming back from a, a devastating injury and playing good tennis. So this is the last thing you want to see. Brutal, especially with an empty stadium. <laughs> it, was, it was empty, so you could hear every single scream. It it was painful. I don't wish this upon anybody. Well, I, I there was a funny funny thing, but I was watching. I forget which match it was, but Caroline Wozniacki was the one commentating it, and they were talking about you know head sizes, and they were saying how you know Federer used to play with a ninety you know square inch racket, and then he went to like ninety five. Yeah, yeah. Um, how somebody else is playing with a ninety seven? I forget who it was. I think it might have been like Tommy Paul or something like that. And she was like, "Wait, is is ninety like big? Is ninety like a what, like what does that mean for like a head size?" And live on the well, air. Yes, and whoever was com- co like her co commentator was like, "Caroline, you must know like what like uh racket's head size is, right? Like you're sponsored by a company, like you yeah. should know." And she's like, no, I have actually no idea like what size head size I've ever played with or what. And he was like, okay, like we, we have to educate you on this. Yes. That's embarrassing. Very embarrassing. She was number one in the world. That doesn't make any sense to me. She had no idea what racket size, what head size she was using or what it meant or anything. It makes no sense. So on the women's side here in Miami, I mean, Iga pulled out. Andreescu was making a good run. Sabalenka is still in. So she, I kind of feel like, slides into the favorite here along with Rybakina. Right, right, right. I think it's I think it's those two, and that's pretty much it. And they could meet in the finals again. I mean, Pagula could potentially... Pagula would have to beat Rybakina in the yeah. semis, which I think... I don't know if she... I don't think she can do that. I don't think she can do it. I think it's going to be Sabalenka, Rybakina again. I'm going with Sabalenka taking the title. I'm going with Rybakina again. Okay, 10 bucks. 10 bucks. So let's transition to something new here. I want to talk about sports gambling because specifically on tennis. And this is something that I got into, I want to say five years ago on Bovada. I was just putting some money down, Nadal, French Open, Federer still playing, put in 50 bucks. All of a sudden, I'm about 500. And then one day I make a horrible, horrible bet on Zverev against Ilya Ivashka. I remember that. it was like Zverev was, you know, minus whatever, 300, and he I put 100 bucks on him, and he loses. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I need to take a break. And so it was just sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. 
And then finally, sports betting goes live in mass. And I said, you know what? Let's take that money and just put it into legal betting. So I'm kind of into it. I was trying to trying to refrain from it. I don't think I'm going to be addicted to it, but there's still a fear. And now the boy Dean is into sports betting. I put in a hundred bucks today on Runa, lost yeah. it immediately. <laughs> you should have started the slow play. Just put I don't like... have a hundred bucks to just blow like that, you know? Yeah, but that's what you did. <laughs> Why'd you do that? You should have put 10 bucks on them. Well, they were expl- like, there was a promotion saying that essentially they will match whatever I lose in my first bet. So I didn't want to put five bucks because th- then I'm not taking advantage of the promotion. Did you put the hundred dollars? Was the hundred dollars you put in the bonus money or the real money? There was no bonus money to begin with. There was the bonus money. The bonus money is what I will get. I will get because I lost a hundred dollars. So I'll get a hundred dollars of bonus money so I can gamble that and blow it too. <laughs> okay. Let's be smarter about our betting. All right. I just thought Runa was like, it was like plus. 130 something i thought it yeah. was good bet because i didn't think fritz was playing that well but oh well i don't know i mean yeah let's my goal is to like not have to withdraw more money into the account i have seven dollars right now so i'm gonna i'm gonna slow play it and we'll see what happens if i go to zero i think i'm gonna quit again but how long has it been open in philly i don't know i was never interested in it until recently yeah so many promotions that finally got to me. So many promotions. It's crazy. Yeah. Maybe I'll be rich one day. Probably not, though. So let's get into fan mail. Fan mail. Okay. This first question is coming in from Sam Flaster out of Cambridge, Mass. He says, when you guys go pro and quickly climb the ATP rankings, I expect you'll likely need to attend more celebrity functions, such as the Oscars, the Met Gala, and the and the AVN Awards. That's correct. Could you please describe the outfit you'd like to wear to the first red carpet ceremony after your first major championship? This is a great question. I've been thinking about this for years. I think I'm going to go with something classic, a black tux, white shirt, black bow tie. I'm keeping it a hundred. I'm keeping it classy. I'm not going flashy. I'm going colorful suit or tux. (laughs) No, like lime green. Not lime green because that's not me, but I think maybe like light blue. Okay. I need to be seen. I need to be seen over there. You want to make when a I, statement. Yeah, like when I'm there and I'm like talking to Margot Robbie and right. stuff like that. I want I want her to remember me. You want her you want her to remember you, so you want to stand out. Should we match? I mean we're doubles. We're like you know, we're coming off of our Wimbledon championship as a doubles team. Oh, right, because it's not gonna be singles, it's gonna be doubles. Yes. Uh, we should probably match then. So you should probably wear the same color as me. I don't, I can go with like a, I can go with a light blue. I can get, it would be sick that. actually if you wear like black pants and a light blue jacket and I wear light blue pants and a black jacket. Yeah, that's sexy. That's sexy. Bow tie or regular tie? Uh, I don't fuck with ties at all. Fedora or no hat? Fedora. <laughs> no. Uh, what about the, um, the handkerchief in the pocket? No, I don't think that's cute. Okay, fine. Okay, that's a good question. Thank you, Sam. All right, next question coming from Philip Maffa. Congrats on getting into Longwood. Yeah, GG. How often on the Pro Tour would you say foot faults go uncalled? Not very frequently. I think that it's not very – I think you're right. I think also 
one of the line actually I was gonna say one of the linesmen is always watching their feet. Yeah, but now they don't have linesmen. It's all electronic. I don't know. I mean, you watch like like Martin Chelich, for example. He like starts on a line, then he moves it back, then he kind of like just inches right next to the line. I don't know why they do this. Like, why are they pushing it so much? Why is Medvedev starting with his back foot like on the like horizontal line so much? I don't think they go on called. I know sometimes the commentators are like yapping about it. I personally feel like. You know, the empire is on top of it for the most part. But it is the umpire, the head umpire now that has to call it, right? I think so. At, at the end of the day, does it does it matter? I don't know. So you like you get like a millimeter. Good for you. Yeah. And no one no one's really like jumping a foot over. Like I remember when Serena got called and she was furious. Uh, that was that was a tough time in her career. But yeah, I think I think for the most part very minimally they go uncalled and even so it, it shouldn't make a difference thanks dad all right moving on next question daniel this next question is coming in from alex boxberger out of new haven connecticut she says hey hey love the pod big fan however i think it would be even better if you had your own opening or theme music you should write each a rap and do a rap battle. Yeah, I got an album. Dude, no, how many? But I'm not a rapper. To determine which to use for the theme song. Alternatively, you could co-write a rap and then have Beamoffs perform it and use the head. What are your thoughts? I, I don't know what's going on here. We will not be writing a rap, but I do like the idea of us commissioning Beamoffs for some theme music. We have a great opening. Uh, yeah, I like our opening music. Is you Rafa or Roger? I don't know. Is are you Roger or are you Novak? <laughs> oh, okay. No, I mean, if we had a rap battle, I would absolutely tear you apart. A hundred percent. I can't rap at all. Yeah, you can't rap. So, I mean, this is an interesting. I can rap idea. in Hebrew. It's, <laughs> it's an interesting idea, but I think I'm gonna have to say we're sticking with Frank Ocean at the beginning. Let's keep moving. From Sam Eddy over in Cambridge, Mass. Nice. First of all, I'm going to need the Germans to speak up and drop some fan questions. I'm getting frustrated. I don't fake. know. I think I think they're fake. I think that the German people are fake people. They're bots. They're AI generated from... No, no, no. Don't talk to them like that. They're loyal fans. If they were loyal fans, they would have spoken up. I think Sam's right. Maybe they just don't speak English. <laughs> Then what are they listening to? Maybe they have some application that translates it for them. That would be funny. Okay, keep going with Sam. You can raise your future children, if you choose to have them, with tennis or with Jewish culture, tradition, <laughs> religion. What is this question? <laughs> Which would you choose and why? So we can choose only one. Either they're Jewish or they play tennis. Yeah, they're going to be Jewish. I think uh, this is tough. I think I'm gonna go with Jewish and just I, push push a different sport on them hard. Like Yeah. Like I actually um, was thinking about it. Like I don't know if basketball. I need them to play tennis. Really? I would like them to, but I get so invested myself. Like I see well, like how invested I am in my brother's tennis. I'm more invested than he is. Yeah. You I know? know? It's a so, problem. It's a problem. So uh, I don't know. Like it maybe it's better if like my brother is like does fencing or something. Right. Like, fencing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm going with Jewish, too. Okay, they get six scholarships for fencing. Scholarships? For school, yeah. For fencing. 
Yeah. With the sticks and the face masks. We should have done fencing. <laughs> we still could. It doesn't seem that hard. True. All right. Also, would you like to chirp Dean for pushing my ski or tennis question aside saying two different, I can't answer. That's soft. Yeah, I mean, you did kind of brush it aside. But I think I know the answer. What is the it? An- the answer is you're picking skiing. To give up or to keep? What was his? I think his question was, which one would you would, keep? Would you keep? And yeah, you're keeping skiing. I think I would keep skiing and I would just switch to ping pong. <laughs> you could get nasty at ping pong. It wouldn't give you the same high, though. What about paddle or padel? Padel, you could do. Uh, Last thing here, who's your, who's your pick for um, Miami? I think Akras without yeah. dropping a set. You don't think he's going to lose a set for the rest of the tournament? No. And but by the way, people, he didn't lose a set all of Indian Wells and hasn't lost in one in Miami. I'm, I'm going to pick Alcaraz also. It's a boring pick, but we should I both mean, bet just, on him. Can we bet him? What do you think the odds are right now? They're probably pretty... Not good. <laughs> yeah, probably not good. I mean, who can beat him? Nobody can beat him. Without Novak and Rafa, nobody can beat him. Yeah, we need Novak back. Damn, I thought I'd never say that. Okay, that's enough for today, guys. Alright, peace. Peace.